Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's cold outside, people. Right now, as I sit here on Thursday recording this episode, it is 10 degrees outside. It was negative 2 degrees yesterday morning. And I'm recording from home this morning, which is good because, frankly, as cold as it is, I would not be recording an episode this week from my car, which is how I normally record. Uh, But I'm home this morning, got a few hours off of work. The kids are at school, Karen's at work, so I'm taking advantage to record an episode in the warmth of my home rather than the ice-cold freezer box that would be my car. But we had uh, in the United States yesterday a little something they call uh, the polar vortex. And according to the National Weather Service, the polar vortex is a large area of low pressure and cold air surrounding both of the Earth's poles. It always exists near the poles. It's always there. 24-7, 365, it's always there. It weakens in the summer and it strengthens in the winter. And the term vortex refers to the counterclockwise flow of air that helps keep the colder air near the poles. But many times during winter, in the northern hemisphere, the polar vortex, is it, it expands And it sends cold air southward with the jet stream. And that's what we were experiencing yesterday all across the United States, uh, mostly in the Midwest. And um, basically, it got dangerously cold yesterday, so cold that that eight people actually died. And that's not something – obviously, that's not something to take lightly. Now, we got, like I said, down to negative two – uh, yesterday morning, but the lowest recorded temperature yesterday came out of Park Rapids, Minnesota, and it got down to negative 48 degrees. Can you imagine that? Negative 48 degrees. That's, I mean, there's a part of me that feels like, look, once you get below zero, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I'm talking, you know, that's like when you're looking at negative two, negative 10, but negative 48 degrees That's freaking cold. And so that's what, you know, if you're 
in one of these areas of the United States and you're listening to this, you understand what I'm talking about. And you're probably you're probably like, well, I'm glad that you were able to be home the morning that you're recording this because I would not blame you at all for not wanting to record an episode out of your car when it's this cold. And so, yeah, that's what's going on on Thursday, January the 31st, 2019. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the most important podcast in all of human history. I'm your host, Stephen, and this week we're talking about Black Hammer from Jeff Lemire, Volume 1, Secret Origins. I loved this book. I'm just going to say that right out, right out here in the front, in the beginning of the episode, before we get to the section in which I review this book. I freaking loved it. Now, as you know, I'm typically not going to talk about a book on the show that I didn't like. I'm not going to spend an episode telling you how much a book sucked. And so if I read a book during the week that I didn't like, I'm going to put it down and pick something else up and read that instead. Now, I do have episodes scheduled out there rolling through March into the beginning of April, which has already somewhat changed based on a, uh, something I picked up from Comixology Unlimited a couple of days ago. But uh, that, you know, it, if I have a certain book scheduled, and like I said, if I read it and I don't like it, I'm probably not going to talk about it. So I posted the schedule out there on Patreon, and a- anybody can see it. Uh, I made it available to everybody. So if you're looking at the schedule and you and I and I have an episode that comes out, and it's a different book that's on the schedule, then there's a good chance that the book that was on the schedule I I just didn't like. Or I'm just pushing it back because I found something I wanted to read that that uh I found more exciting. See, that's the thing with me. There's a few things that you know about me if you listen to this podcast regularly. One, I often um forget what I'm gonna say and stall and use the word um a lot. My brain doesn't quite work as fast as uh, my mouth. And so I often also use phrases the wrong way. I can hear the phrase in my head and I say it, when I say it, it comes out wrong. And I don't even notice it. Um, a matter of fact, when I was listening back to episode 23, just the other day, and I was talking about Alpha Flight and I was talking about the different levels in Department H. There was Alpha Flight, Beta Flight, and Gamma Flight. I, I explained what Gamma Flight was and then I was explained what Beta Flight was, but I referred to Beta Flight through the rest of that conversation as Gamma Flight. And I didn't even notice. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you can always get from me. The other thing you can also get from me is... Um, I change my mind a lot. I like to plan. I have, I have a, a, a bit of OCD, but I also had a, have a bit of ADD. And so I like to plan. I like to have structure and I like to know these are the books I'm going to read for the next three months. And these are the episodes based on those books that I'm going to do. And so I spend 10 or 20 minutes. I put a, a calendar app on my phone 
and I, I schedule out everything and I look back at it and I look at my schedule and I feel really good about myself because it's structured. I know that the third Monday in February, I'm going to be talking about a certain book and that makes me feel good. And I have the books ready. I know that, that as soon as I finish reading one book, I can read the next one and start taking notes and all that good stuff, even though I don't really take notes. I take them in my head as I'm reading and then I forget everything I'm thinking about, uh, mainly because I, I don't have a way to take notes while I'm reading a book. I have a little, uh, writing journal pocketbook in my back pocket that I use. Uh, well, it's supposed to be used, uh, whenever I, I have an idea for a book or, or, or I will often write, um, stories in that that I will later type into my computer. Uh, recently with my, uh, writer's block that I've been experiencing, I've used that book more for grocery lists than anything else. And, uh, so here's something else that you get from me, just weird tangents. And now I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, so I like knowing when I'm going to read books and when I'm going to talk about them. However, at the same time, after I've done all that, after I've created the schedule, and in this case, I, I created this schedule through uh, February. March was easy because March is Superman month. We'll talk about that in a minute. I scheduled these out. I had the schedule ready. And I I actually created it uh, like three weeks ago. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm feeling really good about myself. It's like, you're a planner, man. You're a scheduler. You're ready to go. You, you're, you're serious. This is, this is serious business here, man. Look how, look what you're, look what kind of work you're putting into this podcast. You're not messing around, friend. Maybe, I thought to myself, maybe you should publish the schedule out on Patreon. So, you know, but make it available for everybody. And then I start fighting with myself in my head. Well, but what if I put the schedule out and people see books on there that they don't really care about and so they just stop listening to the show because they know that in February I'm going to talk about a book they don't, they don't want to talk, they don't want to, they don't care about. And then the other side of my mind says, well, yeah, but the reverse is also true. What if they look and they see a bunch of books that they're excited to hear you talk about and they start telling all their friends? But then the largest voice jumped in on top of that and said, dude, don't publish the schedule because you know the minute you put it out there for everybody to see, you're going to find another book that you are excited about reading and you're going to want to change the schedule. That voice won out for a couple of weeks. Well, after two weeks went by and I have been sticking to the schedule, I decided to go ahead and publish it. So I did that a couple of days ago. And literally 10 minutes later, I'm perusing Comixology Unlimited and I see that they have the new Teen Titans Judas Contract trade. I've never read any Teen Titans. And I know that this book is written by Marv Wolfman and the art is George Perez. This is, of course, the team that brought you Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I did enjoy. So, so here's, here's a book that I'm probably going to like. I've never read any Teen Titans and, uh, Here's my chance to try. So I'm going to jump in on probably what is the biggest known Titan story. And now, and so I start reading, I read the first issue in the trade, and now I'm excited about it. And I think, well, I want to start talking about this. Maybe I should boot out one of the books that I'm going to talk about in February and put this in its place. Literally 
10 minutes after I put that schedule out. So if you've looked at the schedule, I don't know. I may stick to it. I may not. I think I'm going to stick to it, frankly. Um, cause while I have been enjoying reading this Teen Titans book, um, I think I'm going to stick with my schedule cause it's out there. So that means that even though I've been talking about this new Teen Titans book on Twitter and now here on the podcast, you may not hear me actually talk about the book itself until April. So sorry about all that. Sorry. But that's, that's the kind of podcaster you get in me. Someone who needs structure, someone who needs to plan, someone who wants meticulous show notes, uh, a schedule, and needs to know what he's going to do each week. And, and yet, I'm also someone who's going to throw that all out the window without a second thought, just on a whim. That's the kind of podcaster you get from this guy here. And you also get me stumbling over words and forgetting people's names uh, because I put all that stuff in my notes, but I don't always remember to look at my notes when I'm talking about books. So a reminder, since we're talking about schedule, March is Superman month. If you're new to the podcast, what does that mean? That means that I learned uh, a few weeks ago that Hoopla, which is an app that ties to a library account. If your library uses Hoopla and you have a library card, you should get this app. You're not only going to be able to get comic books on this app, you can get audiobooks and ebooks as well. But I found out that all four trades that are part of the Death and Return of Superman storyline are all available on Hoopla. And with my account, and this varies based on your library, but with my account, I can only get, I can only check out four things a month through my Hoopla app. All right. So four trades, four things I can check out. Let's make a whole month out of that. I haven't read this story in a while. Let's just make a month out of it and invite everybody to participate. So the first episode in March, which is Monday, March the 4th, I'm going to be talking about the death of Superman trade. And like I said, you can get that through the Hoopla app. If you have a library card and your library participates, it is also available through Comixology Unlimited and Kindle Unlimited if you have either of those services, but the other three trades do not appear to be available unless you purchase them. So here's the way it's going to work. If you want to participate, you have until the Wednesday before the Monday I put the episode out to send me your thoughts. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can just put it all down on an email. You can record uh, up to a five-minute audio clip Send that to me by email, um, which is stephenrls at gmail.com. But we're all, we also now have a new subreddit out there on Reddit, and that's going to be reddit.com slash r slash Stephen or else. And there is a thread in there, uh, for the Superman month in March. And so you can put your thoughts in there as well. And speaking of Reddit, I announced it last week. We actually have three subscribers out there on the Reddit apart from me. And you know what? I actually have some listeners feedback through the Reddit. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. So out there on the Reddit, when I put a new episode up, which is just, you know, this only started with last episode, episode 23, I put an episode up that I'm going to start a thread out there on the Reddit, uh, the subreddit, uh, that will be the talkback thread. So you listen to the episode you want to talk about it, you have questions, you have comments, you go right to the talkback thread and you uh, put your thoughts in. And I like Reddit because 
You also can do it from your phone. There's a nice Reddit app. I use it all the time. Basically, what I'm saying is I want you all to come to Reddit and join in on the conversation. So I have listeners feedback from Miss Katonic posted over on the uh, episode 23 talkback thread. And in the episode, of course, I talked about Punisher season two and uh, Miss Katonic says, I'm I'm uh, I'm behind on my Netflix watching. I haven't watched Daredevil season three or Punisher season two. I will just not sure when. The Burn Alpha Flight are some of my favorite 80s comics as well as his X-Men stuff. His Superman and Fantastic Four stuff didn't move me. All right, so the first thing I have to say about that, Ms. Katonic, is that you need to watch Daredevil uh, Season 3 and Punisher Season 2. I know you said you're gonna, but get on it. Get on it. Because it's some good stuff. That's some great TV right there. I know that Daredevil has officially been canceled, and I'm worried that, that now that Punisher Season 2 is up that it's going to be canceled and hopefully they will move that stuff somewhere else. The rumor is that they're going to move them to the, uh, the new Disney streaming service, but I read something else that there's a clause that says they can't do anything with it for a year to two years to five years or something. I don't know. I do have uh, a couple of the burn X-Men trades through comiXology that I'm going to read. I have, um, uh, what is it? The Dark Phoenix Saga and um, Days of Future Past. So you can look forward to to me talking about those at some point. And uh, I know you don't like you said the Superman and Fantastic Four stuff didn't move you. Burn Superman is my Superman. That's what I grew up on. I grew up reading. That was, you know, other than the Super Friends. So, I mean, really, my first exposure to Superman was the Super Friends. But Superman in the comics... Um, the first stories I read, the first Superman comic I read was his Man of Steel number one. So John Burns' uh, reboot of Superman, that is my Superman. Um, but hey, that's just me, man. That's just me. All right. So um, yeah, come to Reddit. Participate. Be part of the conversation. You'll be, uh, you know, I'll read some of the stuff out here on the show like I did with uh, Ms. Katonic there. So um what else do you want me to say about that? Reddit, subreddit, link will be in the show notes. Okay, let's move on with the show already.
Black Hammer Volume 1 Secret Origins. This collects issues 1 through 6 of the series. It was written by Jeff Lemire, uh, Dean Ormston on art, and the great Dave Stewart on colors. Let me read you from the blurb, and then we'll talk about the book itself. Okay, so the blurb, the, the official description says, Once they were heroes, now banished from existence by a multiversal crisis, the old champions of Spiral City lead simple lives in a timeless farming town. But as they attempt to free themselves from this strange purgatory, a mysterious stranger works to bring them back into action for one last adventure. All right, so I should say that I uh, this is the first time reading that blurb. Uh, I went into this trade knowing nothing about it other than a lot of people were saying a lot of good things about this book. And frankly, this uh, last sentence here um, about the mysterious stranger working to bring them back into action for one last adventure, I don't recall seeing that at all in this trade. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. There is something that happens, but we'll kind of get into that. Okay, so what we have here is we have um, six heroes from as they said, Spiral City, um, who are now living in this farm town. They all live together, uh, with the exception of one of them, on this farm. And let me go through the characters. We have Abraham Slam, Barbalian, Golden Gale, Randall Weird, Talkie Walkie, and Madam Dragonfly. So all of them are in, in this small town. And you get the you you learn right away that they're trapped here. Um, and what this series does really well throughout these first six books is each one of the issues, starting with issue two, the first issue is kind of a setup. It's kind of a, uh, it's the hook. The first issue is the hook. They give you Jeff Lemire, uh, uh, and Dean Ormstrom gives you just enough to hook you. They don't give you much. All you know is that these six weird people, some of them, like uh, Randall Weird, uh, Barbalian, and Talkie Walkie look like they might be heroes. Barbalian is an alien. Randall Weird is dressed in a weird red spacesuit all the time. And Talkie Walkie is a robot. Abe, Gale, they look like normal folk. And Madam Dragonfly, obviously there's something weird going on with her. But in this first issue, you're just you're just slightly introduced to these characters, slightly introduced to this situation. You just know that here are six people that are in a place that they probably shouldn't be, with the exception of Abe. He seems to really like being where they're at and that they are stuck there. Um, but you don't know why. So then as they get into the – so like issue two uh, through six – each one is basically a, an origin of four of the six heroes. And they do a really good job of giving you these origins while still interweaving the actual story. So here, we'll just go through the characters and uh, what we know about them at this point and then how they tie into the, to the story as it is. So the very first origin that we get is Golden Gale. Her name, she's, she's Gale Gibbons. And she, uh, she may be the oldest of all these heroes. I, I don't know. They don't really go into it. But we know that in the quote unquote golden age, 
She was nine years old. And the golden age, it looks like we're talking like the 20s, right? 20s or 30s maybe. And uh, she's a little girl. She goes into a movie theater because the dude at the ticket booth, who you can't see, very shadowy, uh, basically tells her to go into this. It's a very quick, simple origin. And what you learn really quick through all these as we get to the origins is that each one of these characters um, are a uh, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're an allegory for an established, well-known superhero, mostly from the DC universe. Um, some are very – it's it's – He's not even – they're not even hiding the fact that that's who this is in essence supposed to be. Uh, Golden Gale is one of them because she's a she's a nine-year-old girl. She goes into movie theater. The movie theater is empty, but there's an old man up on the stage, and he's a wizard. And he tells her, my name is Zaphram. And she says, Zaphram, a lightning bolt hits her, and she turns into a superhero version of herself. So ultimately, this is Captain America and the wizard Shazam. However – it's more than just this is the female version because really the female version of Captain Marvel would be Mary Marvel. But so when she says the wizard's name, Zaphram, a lightning bolt hits her. She turns into a superhero. But it's when it happens, she doesn't change into an adult like Billy Batson did with Captain Marvel. She stays as nine-year-old Gale. She can just she can fly and she's super strong and she's got a uh, – uh, costume on a gold and white costume that is kind of reminiscent of the Captain Marvel costume. And she goes by the name of Golden Gale. Well, as you progress in the story, you find out that the as she gets older, as Gale herself ages, because they show her at one point, she's in her, she's like at college. And when she transforms into Golden Gale, Golden Gale is still the nine-year-old girl. So as they progress, she's in her, she's in her fifties. And I think at one point in the story, she talks about how, you know, as she aged, she hated, you know, when she was a teenager, when she was in college, she grew to hate becoming Golden Gale because then she was, she was in essence becoming a child again. But then yet the older she got, so as she was getting into her 40s and 50s, she she loved becoming Golden Gale because then she got to be a little girl again, Right. You don't want to be a little kid when you're in your 20s, but you would love to be a little kid again when you're in your 40s and 50s. Um, but the thing is, is we know at this point that they're trapped in this town and she got trapped as Golden Gale. So she is now stuck in the body of this nine-year-old girl. And um, she has to pose as... Um, the granddaughter of Abraham Slam. We'll get into him in a minute. So she has to go to school. She has to go to grade school. But she's a she's you know she's a fifty year old woman in a nine year old girl's body. And so there are moments where one of the teachers catches her in the in the the girl's bathroom, sitting on a toilet stall, smoking a cigarette. She cusses. Um, the first day of school for that year that this you know because they've been in the town for a while. But whatever the first day of school is this year. This is – now, I'll, let me explain. This did not make a lot of sense to me in this instance because they have been in this town for 10 years, but she's been nine the whole time. And they have a, a, a part of the story where she is uh, getting onto the bus for her first day of school. 
Now there is a, a, a mystic character, Madame Dragonfly. So maybe she has, maybe she messes with the town. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. They didn't really explain that. So that's, that's a question that needs to be answered. Why she seems to have multiple first days of school. Why nobody notices after 10 years that this girl is still nine. I don't know. They, they haven't explained that yet, but she's, She's a very fun and yet a very sad character. It's fun that she's, you know, she's drinking and she's smoking and she's cussing, but she doesn't want to be, she's stuck in this nine-year-old girl's body and she doesn't want to be there anymore. And she is, she wants to get out of this town. She wants to find a way out so she can go back to her regular life. The next origin they do is Barbalian. Now this is basically Martian Manhunter, except for he's red. So... In the origin story, a, a a NASA spacecraft lands on Mars. There are apparently there. Well, not apparently. There were astronauts in the crash. They are dead. We don't know if the Martians killed them or if the crash killed them. But there's three Martians standing around and they're trying to decide what to do because now the humans can come to Mars. And so the the Barbalian character, whose name is Mark Marks, Marks. M-A-R-K-Z, all of the, all of the Martians apparent, well, the three that we have met so far, Mark Marks, Lock Locks, and Jan Jans, they all have that John Johns, John Jones type of name, like Martian Manhunter. So Mark Marks, he suggests that one of them goes to Earth, disguises himself as a human because they can change their shape. They are shapeshifters, just like Martian Manhunter, and uh, find out what's going on and what they're all about. And uh, the Lock Locks, who is the leader, he says, okay, well, you're going. So he goes down to, to Earth. Um, the first thing he encounters is in Spiral City, where a cop is trying to arrest a couple of criminals who shoot him dead. Uh, Mark Marks then throws the cop's body into the river takes the guy's place. And so, yeah, so he's stuck there with, with the rest of them. He poses as Gail's uncle, great uncle, because I believe he, no, he's, he poses as Gail's uncle, I believe. Anyway, the next then um, origin is Abraham Slam. So in the town where they're trapped, he he's an older dude. He looks like he might be in his 60s. And he is, he poses as Gail's grandfather, Abe. But his origin is very Captain America-like. It's World War II. He's skinny. He's frail. He has asthma or something. And he's, he's trying to get, he's trying to join the army so he can go fight the Nazis. And they, they disqualify him and he's really upset. But he doesn't go through, he doesn't have any superpowers. He doesn't go through any super soldier type program. But as he's out there on the, you know, outside this, um, the enrollment office, being sad and depressed, a dude comes up to him and says, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, I own a gym. My name is Punch Slockingham, which is a weird name. It's No, Socklingham. Punch Socklingham. And he said, I'll train you. I'll put some, I'll put some muscles on you, you know, and I'll teach you how to fight. And that's what he does. And so Abe gets, you know, he gets, uh, muscled up and he learns how to box and the plan is to uh have him become a boxer because the name Abraham Slam would be a perfect 
name for a boxer. But in the meantime, these mobsters come in and they murder Punch in front of Abe. And Abe, you know, fights him off and he vows to fight crime from that point forward. And he becomes Abraham Slam, a costume vigilante. And so in this town where they're trapped, he is uh, Gail's, poses as Gail's grandfather. Uh, Barbalian poses as his, I think, actually, I think he is supposed to be Abe's brother. So that would be Gail's great uncle. Abe is trying to start a relationship with a waitress at the diner who is the ex-wife of the, the, the chief of police, who, of course, is not really happy about his wife seeing someone else. So there's some tension there. And we know by the end of the series that this dude is going to do something. He's going to try something. And there's a whole, um, there's a whole storyline. She wants to meet his family. She wants to come out and have dinner with him and meet his family. And he's like, no, it's complicated. You can't meet my family. Um, And so there's that whole tension going on along with the chief of police. Then you have Randall Weird. He is basically your Adam Strange. And he ventures a lot into what's called the para zone or the negative zone in Marvel or the phantom zone in DC. I think it's, I believe it seems more like the phantom zone. But going in and out, it basically allows him to travel through time and space. And he sees stuff in the past and the future while he's in there. And it's really messed with his mind. So he looks like a really old, he looks like an old guy. His hair is white. He's got a long beard. He's got a long mustache. But he's in this red costume with this glass dome over his head. And he actually is posing as Abe's son. So I think he's not as old as he looks, I think his hair has just gone white. Um, but he's a little, he's a little, uh, he's a little out of his mind. And with him on his adventures into the Parazone and out in space, he has a uh, companion, which is a robot named Talkie Walkie, a female, because he refers to her as she a lot. Um, and so, of course, Talkie Walkie is with them in this town and she just has to kind of stay out of the way. But she does all the cooking and cleaning, and she's not really all that happy about it. And then to round out the cast, we have Madame Dragonfly. She is a mystic, uh, witch-type person who is linked to a cabin. Uh, her origin is that she comes to this cabin with her dead baby um, because the town folks said that the witch that lives there can do anything. And the witch says, yes, I can give you a child again, but there's a price to pay. She goes, my life would have to be the price, which means that you would have to be, you would have to take over for me and be linked to this cabin forever or, or until you die. And she says, yes. And so when they end up being trapped in this small town, the cabin comes with her. So she's forever linked to this cabin, which has multiple doors, which go to different places. And she does magic, but she also poses as Abe's daughter and Gail's mom. And that will come into play when we get into the to the story at hand. So really what we're talking about at this point is just the, all their origins and how they're very similar to these DC characters. And the only other thing we really learned in this book is that there was another superhero character in Spiral City called the Black Hammer. And at one point, they all go up against their Basically, they're Thanos, dark side type character called Anti-God. And uh, 
we don't know exactly how they defeat him, but we do know that it involved the Black Hammer sacrificing his life and through that causes them to be trapped in this small town. Everybody who lives in a small town can come and go as they please. They can, they can, they can leave the town. They can go to other cities. They can go to other states. They can go to other countries. But nobody, none of our six can do that. Randall Weird can go into the Parazone, uh, but he still somewhat seems to be somewhat trapped there. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA select start. I'm trying to unlock your heart from years of walls. And when Hyrule falls, I'm hoping that the things I do are working to connect with you. I see that you're free with my shop. I'd like for you to know my name They call me Box 138 I think we are due for a walk Cause like me you pull from the middle Skip the books up on the top So up, up, down, down Left, right, left, right Be a select start I'm trying to unlock your heart From years of walls And when Hyrule falls I'm hoping that the things I do Are working to connect with Okay, so you have these six quote-unquote superheroes from Spiral City who are now trapped in this small town. I don't remember that. I don't. I don't recall if they say the name of the town in these six issues. I saw it online on Wikipedia, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But um, so you've got Abe and his family, which would consist of Madam Dragonfly as his daughter. Uh, Gail, his granddaughter, Randall Weird, his son, and uh, Mark, his brother. And then nobody knows about Talkie Walkie. Talkie Walkie stays hidden. Abe, Abe likes it there. He's he is resigned to the fact that this is where they're going to be. So he's he's really embraced the role of the farmer. He does the chores. He goes out and tends the fields. Gail is trying to just not she just does not like it there at all she is trapped in this girl's body she has to go to school she has to try to follow rules abe is always you know getting on to her because so the scene when she's about to get on the bus for the first day of school you know he says you smell like gin it's 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 eight o'clock in the morning and you're you're already drinking and um mark is you find out that, you know, he's an alien. Uh, Mark is also gay. And there is a moment uh, earlier back in Spiral City where he um, he tries to come out to his partner and his partner just freaks out, kicks him out of the car and leaves him there. So now he's he, he's been denying this about himself for a long time. And there is a uh, there is a new preacher in town, and Mark almost feels like he's getting signals from this preacher. He starts going to church for the first time, and uh, at one point he he and Gail have go have grown really close because they the two of them seem to be the biggest outcasts. They're the ones that don't want to be there the most. Gail really doesn't want to be there. And so at one point, they're sitting up on top of the barn because uh, Mark can fly as well. Barbalian. I love that name. Barbarian. Alien. Barbalian. Love it. Um, 
They're sitting up on top of the barn, and uh, I don't think he has told anybody else that he's gay. And he's about to come out to her, and he's telling her that he has he has started having feelings for someone, and she's really excited. Turns out that she has feelings for him. And he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. It's I'm sorry, it's not you. You've got to understand, you know, he doesn't just tell her, you know, here's the thing, I'm gay. No, he he tells her instead, you're a little girl. And she says, I'm not a little girl. I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s. And says, yeah, but you're you're a little girl. It's weird. And she doesn't handle that well. Um, Abe's new girl uh, talks him into letting her come over for dinner. So he's got to try to plan this dinner uh, with all his weird, quote unquote, family members acting normal. Gail comes down to dinner, dressed as a goth and cussing. And uh, it all seems to be just spiraling out of control. But then Randall shows up and he's in, he's, he's, he's a colonel. He's in his military outfit. He's got, he's, his hair is clean and cut. His face is cleanly shaven. He's acting completely normal. And everybody's freaking, kind of freaking out internally about it. But then later in the book, after the dinner, when Abe runs into Randall again, he's back in his spacesuit. His hair is long. His mustache is long. And he doesn't quite remember dinner the day before. And you get the feeling during his issue that because he pops up every now and again. Um, there's like at one point Gail is in her bedroom and he just like pops into her bedroom and she's yelling at him, you know, I could have been naked. And he goes, well, I knew you weren't naked though. And she goes, but I could have been. And he goes, yeah, but you weren't. And I knew that you weren't. And you kind of learn that in the parazone, he can see into, into, through all these doors. And so the question is, is the Randall that was at the dinner, is that him from a different time? It's just, his part is going to be really confusing trying to tie together. And I know that Jeff Lemire will because he's a he's a pretty awesome writer. Um, <clears throat> there's a scene where the teacher catches Gail smoking in the in the girls restroom. So Abe has to come to the school and there's a big there's a big scene there because uh, she says this isn't the first time something like this has happened. And we think that as her grandfather, you're not up to the task of raising her and that we need to get social services involved. But then Madam Dragonfly shows up as the mother and she puts a spell on the teacher um, and everything is okay. Anyway, this was, I mean, this was, this was a really good book. This was really, really good. And I have been reading all over the internet, mostly on Twitter, about how great this book was. And I'm, I'm glad I listened. Uh, because this is a great book. Now, here's the thing with this book. Just looking at stuff on Wikipedia and whatnot, this book has spawned a lot of side projects, a lot of other books, a lot of spinoffs. So if I want to continue reading, that's going to be – I'm going to continue reading with the main Black Hammer series. I think Hoopla has at least two other trades out there. And then maybe at that point, if I want to try some of these other series, I will, and then I'll come back and talk about them. But Black Hammer, Black Hammer is a must read. It's it's a great book. Um, you don't you're you're barely touching you just in these six issues. It was really it was a really good six issues, but you're barely touching the story. 
we don't really know at this point who Black Hammer is, other that he, other than that he was a he, he was a superhero, and he he might be their their Superman, uh, because there is at one point uh, during Abraham Slam's origin where he is fighting Cthulhu, which is an awesome name. This okay, here's here's one of the things I really enjoyed about this series. It took itself very seriously and yet didn't at the exact same time. This is a very dramatic book. There are some very dramatic, serious things happening. But at the same time, you've got characters like Talkie Walkie, Barbalian, Cthulhu. Cthulhu is a uh, scientist named Lou who, uh, well, Abe claims during their fight that he uh, mixed his DNA. He had the DNA of an octopus, uh, you know, injected into him. And so now he's like half man, half octopus. Uh, who, and they, he calls himself Cthulhu. Whereas Cthulhu claims that he's actually been taken over. He's actually this mon- interdimensional monster that is uh, using his body as a host. Anyway, during that fight, um, the Black Hammer shows up and helps Abe and basically dresses Abe down. He's like, look, I understand that 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 you've been doing this for a long time, but guys like Cthulhu are way out of your we- way out of your league. You need to you need to start worrying about stuff that uh, you can handle and and leave the big boys to us. And he's in shadow mostly the whole time. Um, all you know about Black Hammer is apparently he's powerful and that he flies. That's it. So we so we're going to learn more about Black Hammer I'm assuming as the series goes. We're going to learn exactly what the sacrifice was that trapped them in this town. Uh we we get kind of a clue that maybe this town is not in the same universe as Spiral City because it Talkie Walkie the whole time he is creating he's created a probe to send out beyond the town to uh, tell people that they're there so they can be rescued. Um, This is the sixth one he's created because everyone he's created before hasn't made it. It's, you know, been destroyed when it gets to the the barrier. This one makes it through. They see, it seems as if it, you know, it goes through the barrier, they lose its signal and talkie walkie is okay. Well, it's another failure, but it actually goes through a doorway comes to Spiral City where a uh, one of the heroes uh, who apparently wasn't involved in this battle with anti-God, he seems to have been retired, he is approached by the daughter of Black Hammer to find out about this probe. She uh, She's able to go through the doorway and she comes, she may be this mysterious stranger that this, uh, the blurb was talking about. She actually comes through the doorway to the farm, but Madam Dragonfly, before anybody can really come up and talk to her, uses a spell to erase her memory uh, of why she is there. So what's going on with that? This could be a chance for them to escape. Madam Dragonfly erases her memory. Why does she want to remain there? Abe wants to remain there, or Abe likes it there. Everybody else wants to leave except for maybe Madam Dragonfly. There's something in her past 
that involves a child that we don't we know that you know before she became Madame Dragonfly her child had died she at one point uh a couple of townsfolk come to the house cuz there's a child missing and they both one of them dies cuz he goes into the house and creatures come out of the doors and kill him the other one she fires some kind of mystic bolt into and he falls into the lake and then he comes back out as some kind of weird swamp tree creature they fall in love uh and but when she then is is uh taken to this town even though the cabin comes with came with her this weird swamp tree creature does not but yet she she she's she might be pregnant so there what's going on with that uh there's just a lot going on in this book and it doesn't throw it at you all at once it, it's not Sometimes books like this can run the risk of being very highbrow. And you know what? I don't consider myself an idiot. I, 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 I joke all the time that I am. I'm not a stupid man, but I'm not a smart man. And so when it comes to some books that try too hard to, uh, to be clever, I just, I walk away. This one, it's just a very good, smart, intricate book with a lot going on. It doesn't dumb it down, but it's not, it's an easy read at the same time. If that makes any sense, but that that's the black hammer. And, um, I would love to hear what you thought about it. If you've read it, I want to hear what you think about it. So come on over to Reddit, subscribe, and let's talk about it or send me an email and I'll read it out here on the show next week. Party time at a ladies tonight And by party time I mean histories from 1939 She makes jam in the AM She makes ham in a cataract Ray-Bans She know me ever since I used to use crayons My mama is a baby that she made It's party time at my ladies tonight And by party time I mean go to bed at 8 o'clock at night She got moves like what, what She can't hear so she always says what, what When I was little she would spake me on my butt And wash my mouth with soap At 89, yeah, she still has it Buy her begonias and she'll plant it Whoa-oh, whoa-oh Hats in the house, yeah, she can't stand it She's like my matriarchal habit I'm going to grandma's house And we're gonna have a good time Of cookies in our mouth we're gonna play in sunshine I'm going to grandma's house 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 Party time. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Stephen Orell's podcast. We are a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, and that's a place that you can go to find other excellent comic book podcasts. If comic book podcasts are your thing, and I'm assuming they're going to be, otherwise, why are you listening to me? And you want to know of others, then go to comicspodcasts.com. There's plenty of them there. 
You can email your questions and comments to stephenrls at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment to the episode on the site. That's stephenrls.com. Or just come on over to the Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Stephen or else and join in on the community. Just be part of the community. Be part of the fun. I'm not going to talk about support in this episode, okay? You know how to support me if you want to, all right? Patreon, spread the word. Spread the word. Tell everybody about the show. Get out there. Spread the word. Thunderbird. The Stephen or Else podcast, we got where it's at. That's our slogan. And what does it mean? I don't know. And that's pretty... That's that's the show for you, right? What's the what's the show? I don't know. He talks about comics and uh he forgets names of characters and he goes on to tangents and he says uh words wrong often. So okay. So yeah, Stephen RL's podcast. We got where it's at. The theme song for this episode is Worship by Trinity X. You can find it and more songs from the band at atomiczombierecords.bandcamp.com. The rest of the music comes from Kirby Crackle. You can find them at kirbycracklemusic.com. And of course, all those notes, all those notes will be in the link. That's what I was about to say. It's here on my, it's here on my notes. It says, and of course, all those links will be in the show notes. But I almost read it as, and of course, all those notes will be in the show links. So yeah, go to the show links and see all the notes. Or instead, go to the show notes and click on the links. It's getting cold in the house. I, I actually turned the furnace off so that there wouldn't be any background furnace noise as we were talking. And so now it's getting pretty cold. So I'm ready to just wrap this sucker up, move on with my day. So until next week, I'm Steven, and this has been my podcast. Stay warm, America, or Europe, or Russia. I, if, if you're cold, try to get warm. That's all I'm saying. Out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.